All right, I'm going to call Amazon and see if they can give me some pointers on fly selection. Thank you for contacting Amazon. We're experiencing longer than normal wait times. We're sorry about this. All right, now let's try Drift Outfitters Fly Shop in Toronto. Hey, Chris, it's Mitch from SoFly. Hey, what's going on? Hey, man, I'm just calling to ask about uh, some steelhead flies. Oh, yeah, what do you need to know? Drift Outfitters and Fly Shop at 199 Queen Street East in Toronto is your friendly, supportive, local shop that is far from being just a shop. It's our community fly fishing hub right here in Ontario, a province filled with opportunities to catch all kinds of different fish. And who best to ask about those opportunities, techniques, and appropriate gear choices than the awesome crew down at Drift Outfitters. Drift has been our go-to since they opened. They're packed with gear, flies, rods, clothing, and more to get you out on the water having fun. They're not a store, they're friends. Friends with all the best advice. So if you're just getting into fly fishing or have been doing it for decades, Drift Outfitters should be part of your life. Visit them online at driftoutfitters.com or in-store at 199 Queen Street East in Toronto. Hello, welcome to another episode of SoFly. It's uh, January 28th. Of, yeah, the end of January. Um, doesn't feel like winter up here. Yesterday I was walking outside in a t-shirt, um, but uh, it is winter here. And uh, yeah, my name is Mitch. We've got uh, Aldo. Hey, everybody. We've got Yelma. Hello. And we've got another episode for you here today. Episode 160. 160. Wow. Closing in on 169, eh, boys? That's true. <laughs> That's true. Today's episode is uh, going to be all about uh, the Denver Fly Fishing Show. We went so that you don't have to. I mean, you could. It's a pretty fun show. Um, so you're going to hear all about that uh, in a little bit. But before we get into that, we've got, of course, our intro here. And this is the second second podcast of the year? Third podcast of the year. Second podcast of the year? I guess second, well, technically. I, I we guess it's like... Show. Yeah, technically our third, but really, really, I'm I'm gonna say our second. Yeah, it's our second. So it's like this is the kind of new format we're doing. I think hopefully you guys like it. Do a little intro first, and then getting into the the meat of the show. But uh, yeah, before we get into, duh. I guess before we get into the show itself, we've got a little bit of more podcast news for you because we have podcast news. We had podcast news last time. We got podcast news this time. This is probably bigger podcast news though, uh, in the SoFly verse. Yeah. Isn't isn't that right, Yelma? Yeah, I mean, if I have fans, yeah, it might be. I I mean, <laughs> you've, you've got one you've right got, here. Got one right here, baby. Yeah, <laughs> a couple of your biggest fans sitting right here. Um, yeah. What were you gonna say, Yelma? You're gonna say something? Well, I, someone's got to say what's going on. <laughs> Nobody say it. If we don't I'm say it, down. then maybe it won't happen. Oh no, he said it. He said it. Okay, yeah, well what, there he goes. After after eight years. And 159 podcasts. He couldn't last 10 more to get to 169, but he got to one, He got to 160. This is 160. He got to 160. Yelma, um, yeah, Yelma is uh, stepping stepping back from from SoFly for the time being because it's been eight years and you've made 160 episodes. Yelma, why don't you tell the people? Yeah, what's going on? it's been eight years, 160 yes, episodes, <laughs> and uh, 
yeah, it's, it, I just want to focus on other things, you know, life's changing, things like that. Yeah. And, um, but does not mean that I won't be around. I am still an ambassador of SoFly. I'll be at some of the events and I'll be fishing and doing all my things. But on the podcast, unfortunately, you will not see me unless requested by Mitch to do a factor fishy or, uh, what am I, chopped liver? Yeah, that'd be fun. Aldo, I mean, Aldo or Mitch. Definitely have to come back and do something. But... Aldo or Mitch. Yeah, I think, I mean, you know, we've been talking all three of us for a while about just the podcast and stuff. It's been eight years. And, you know, I think uh, that's a long time for people to put in, uh, you know, commitment and work. So, you know, I mean, Yilma, obviously, you know, like we started this podcast together and it's been uh, it's been fun. I think, you know, we really came together, me and you over this podcast, didn't we? Absolutely. Absolutely. We didn't know each other. No. And You're then like we this met little, each other. This little short, cute little fluff ball that I met. <laughs> kind of still is. <laughs> <laughs> kind of still is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then, yeah, we, we started SoFly together in basically 2015, really, is when we started talking about it. So, you right. know, that's a long time and uh, it, it's a bummer, but um, but it's also understandable at this point that people come and go from, from this thing. But yeah, I mean, you've been a huge part of SoFly from... Well, you literally started it, so yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's it's big, big news for sure, and and it's sad, but also it's happy because you yeah. are going to go and do many things that you want to focus on. So that's great. Exactly. And we, also, we I mean, it's not like you're dying, and no, uh, well, not yet not anyway. Yet. And uh, who knows? Maybe you'll end up fishing more some prop somehow. This this is what it's I possible. I see. You know, because well, there'll be less pressure on fishing. You know, exactly. Exactly. You know, not, not that it is a lot. Stressful, it is. But, it know. is a lot of work. Like this a is lot a lot of work. work. So fly. Like it's, mm-hmm. you know, and it, and it's but it's fun for us. And I guess when it, when it becomes too much work and you know it takes away from other aspects of your life. Hey, yeah, that's what you do. But well, but I yeah. wanted to say not only thanks for all your time, but obviously thank you for inviting me into the SoFly world. Absolutely. You know, um, yeah. I changed my life. It yeah. totally changed my life. Like. I wasn't super happy and I wasn't sure what was going to go on when I came back from that, like, <laughs> eat, pray, love eat, road trip. <laughs> eat, pray, fish. <laughs> I know we reference it all the time, but it was a big, big change in my, big, big split in my life. And then when you guys came along and invited me on the show, it's like, you know, gave my life a whole new sense of purpose. Yeah. So, you know, Yoma, thank you so much for that. That really was awesome. Yeah. I was it's like, just, you know. Fly fishing was such a big part of my life in my the early stages of my life in my teen, you know, working at fly shops and stuff and kind of got away from it during university and definitely during, you know, operating La Carnita and stuff. So, yeah, it was nice to come back into it in a, such a fun way. Yeah. Meaningful that's way. Awesome. So yeah. thanks. That's what uh, that's what you did for me, Yoma. And you know what? Oh, I'm going to toss a thanks in thanks too. Yelma, I'm going to say thanks. I'm going to say thanks as well because I echo the sentiments. I think uh, it was a dream of mine to do something like this, and I don't, I wouldn't have done it if it wasn't for you. So, mm. thank you. It's very nice that we got to connect and do it and make dreams you, come true. We got that applause uh, sound uh, effect. Uh, I think I. I think <laughs> Yelma Campbell. Oh, uh, thank you, Yama, for all of your well, stuff. Let's, let's recap thing, the, yeah. uh, let, let's let's think about things here. Yama, since starting SoFly, you've never really fly fished, and then you've you've since gone on to catch obviously everything that we fish for, brown trout, rainbow trout, bass, smallmouth bass, etc. on the fly. But mm-hmm. a lot of crazy things too. Like 
you've caught uh you caught a bonefish uh, dude you, you fished all over fish, the world a tar- musky. A d- bonefish tarpon musky steelhead uh grills uh grills in, in atlantic canada uh, uh a bull trout in squamish tarpon. bc tarpon mm-hmm. in your in your home tobago. country of tobago trinidad tobago uh, 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 bonefish in Mexico. Yeah, rainbow trout in South Africa, which I know. Is yeah, weird, rainbow trout in South Africa. Oh, rainbow like, South. Oh my god, crazy. <laughs> We've fished all over the world, and you fished all over this province. You've been to like how many northern like had a wapiscan, probably paddled times. Paddled oh. a lot of canoe. Like we spent a lot yeah. of time in a canoe in Tomogamy. Oh yeah, paddled just as much as I drive. If yeah, I add it I all mean, up. It's kind of crazy, you know. Yeah, like, we you, scouted have, Lady Evelyn. Like that's yeah, do you, cool. Do you have like any? I mean, it's hard to pick out a standout moment, but is there? I know you always reference Tulum as one of your favorite trips, <laughs> but maybe aside from Tulum, at Wapiscat, at Wapiscat, yeah, yeah, that was for a sure. special trip. Yeah, yeah. What are some yeah, standout a cu- memories? A couple moments in Atawapiskat, actually. Uh, one being the yeah. one where Aldo and I were alone, and then everybody else was, I think, went in, and we were just there watching the sky just not do anything but do everything at the same time yeah <laughs> yeah that was that was amazing yeah. um catching pike on poppers yeah 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 and walleye anyways but yeah i would say that it's hard to like they're always first trips right for me so yeah your fav- was... so your favorite so fly memories you you and aldo yeah no um, i <laughs> well it's been great and <laughs> Dude, we wish you the best, man. <laughs> well, I'll see you later. <laughs> no, I think, uh, yeah, those, those, um, you know, I've been around for a lot of your firsts. Like, they're pretty fun. Yeah. Like, your first Great Lake Steelhead with Ian Troop, that was awesome. Yeah. The, Tob- the Tobago tarpon was also awesome. I'm like, yo, man, you have a tarpon on your line. You're like, what? <laughs> it just, it just, goes, just launches out of the air. <laughs> it was awesome. Yeah. Float plane rides and float plane, yeah, yeah, canoeing, tomogamy, and just running all over the place, driving far, listening to tunes. I mean, yeah, my it's been f- it's been a jam. I think I actually think my first or second largemouth was with is that Mitch's cottage. Oh yeah, oh, nice, a big deal. And your PB Smalley, your all tackle PB oh, yeah. Smalley was on the fly in Elk Lake. Yeah, exactly. It's a lot. Yeah, but what it's, do you want to say to the people listening that have listened to you for years? Is there anything you want to leave them with? <laughs> with your with your uh <laughs> with the fans of Yilma. Of which there are uh, many, by the way. Uh, parting uh, words. Words of wisdom. Part of, <laughs> words of wisdom. Oh my god. Uh stay fly. <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, stay well, stay fly. One love, everybody. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> people know that story if they don't we were okay really quick one really good good yilma story where it was the first year we did the bgow trip uh in a tomogamy on the lady <laughs> evelyn and everybody had like gone down to bed and it was the first night and at that camp particular campsite the tents all were kind of close together normally we're like we set up our, the boy tent away from the girls obviously you know privacy and all that good stuff but this t- tent site not so much and everyone's like winding down for bed and getting in their sleeping bags and stuff. And it's kind of quiet. Everyone's listening to just like, you know, forest sounds. And then the woman just goes, all right, good night, everybody. One love. (laughs) And then the whole camp just erupts with laughter. It was like, we, uh, 
<laughs> I've never heard you say one love before <laughs> or after. <laughs> yeah. And now that's what the Bob Marley movie is called. The biopic. Yeah. Oh, yeah one love. love. Yeah. Laugh. Makes me laugh every time. Uh, oh, that trip was amazing. That's a good trip. There's so many, so many. Yeah. Anyways. But yes. Well, thank you for giving me this little segment to say adieu, which is also a word. First word I used on Wordle, Mitch. And oh. um, yeah. <laughs> Mine's water. Okay. Anyway. Yeah. Um, oh, uh, back to me. Yeah. No, uh, it's been good. It's been good, Yelma. It's been great. We're going to miss you. Yeah. Are you? I mean, you're going to see me all the time. Yeah. It's like the it's like the end of like, I don't know, like, a, you it's know, those sitcoms, tour. you know, like, you know, like, uh, what was it? Fresh Prince when they turn all the lights off and walk out of the house. This feels like right now. <laughs> and you're it's just like, like in the living room. Just. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, okay, bye, Yuma. <laughs> no, that was easy for him. OK, well. <laughs> Um, okay, yeah. well, I'll be over later to collect every single fly rod you have. And uh, so, yeah. oh yeah, yeah true. <laughs> <Imagine>. <laughs> we just take everything. From just you. take everything. Hey, uh, need need those waiting boots too? You're like, but I bought these. Oh no, sorry, sorry, no, sorry. sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, but uh, no, for sure. I mean, it's it's been uh, it's been a it's been a blast, and and yeah, it's you know, like I said, eight years. I mean, there's gonna be changes to SoFly, so. Thank you. And change um, is good. Yeah. Change yeah. It's good. Change is good. And for everybody I, listening, I mean, like, I don't know, let's see. Let's see what happens, I suppose. Yoma leaves, everyone stops listening. We're like, no, Yoma, <laughs> come back. Yeah, you're stuck um, with Mitch and I. <laughs> you're stuck with me and all though, but uh it's gonna be good. And um and yeah, you know, if you if you have any uh thing you want to say to Yoma, send it. Info at soulfly.ca. We'll uh we'll read it out on the next show. And uh and Yoma Yelma, you're going to keep listening, right? Yeah. That doesn't sound very convincing. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Um, of course. Okay. Well, of course um, I'll keep listening. Anything else, Yelma, you want to say? Was it really one love? That's this is literally how I get all my fly fishing info. It's not like I read all the books you've given me. You also, want to I sign? have advice that Mitch gave me. I have like five books that Mitch gave me, and I think I've cracked it a few times. This, is, this podcast is literally how I get my knowledge. Do you really want to sign off with one love? Was that? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> okay. There's no, right. there's no other better two words than those two. <laughs> All right. Well, here comes the next main segment of the show. But um, for now, Yilma, what do you want to leave the people with? One love. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Today's episode is brought to you in part by Chums. You've heard of these guys. They make those killer straps that keep your sunglasses on your head and out of the water. Chums tells us the technical term is eyewear retainers, but whatever you call them, they're a must-have for any angler. For more than four decades, Chums has been making quality outdoor goods designed to help you hang on to the gear you value most. They got their start in southern Utah back in 83 when a guide on the Colorado River invented their now famous original cotton eyewear retainer. Fast forward to today and Chums still makes a ton of products in its original factory in Utah. But these days they offer a lot more than just straps for your sunglasses. Head to chums.com to explore a wide range of products including wallets, roll top dry bags, dry sacks for your phone and much more. 
We wouldn't dream of heading out into the water without our Chums gear. They've saved countless pairs of sunglasses over the years. Head to Chums.com to check out their full lineup of outdoor accessories and use code SOFLY for 15% off your next order. That's code S-O-F-L-Y for 15% off at Chums.com. Code SOFLY at Chums.com. We went to the Denver Fly Fishing Show so that you don't have to. Again, you can. It's not a bad thing. We don't, we're not doing it so that you don't have to. It's actually really fun. But it's something we wanted to do forever. I mean, I remember hearing about fly fishing shows in the U.S., these conventions, since I was a kid, thinking, man, that's so cool. I want to go. Because all the vendors, fly shops, guides, tires, anglers, they're all in one spot. And you can just kind of go around and talk to them and meet them and buy stuff. And that's pretty much the experience we had. Yeah, I mean, it was pretty rad. Like, um, you know, having now been to obviously the shows here, like the generic, yeah. you know, um, sporting goods shows, you know, where it's like it's boats, it's angling, it's fly fishing, it's like sh- people selling sham wows. It's like say, then it's like a toilet. Company. And then it's like, here, then... don't you want a toilet? Which <laughs> you're like, I get from two points of the show trying to make money and yeah. then also like, hey, maybe someone's interested in a toilet, but. Going to a show that's all fly fishing exactly. was really cool. Like, uh, you know, rat, obviously most, if not, uh, aside from most notably Orvis not being there, I think every ma- major company was there, which is cool. And then there's a bunch of Colorado fly shops there. It's funny Orvis wasn't there. Which was cool. A lot of, uh, you know, not-for-profits like, uh, you know, were there, which is cool, and we spoke to them as well. Yeah. Um, but the fly fishing show in general is actually a brand. Yeah. And uh, they have... Um, they have multiple pop-ups sh- multiple shows yeah yeah so they have massachusetts denver colorado edison new jersey atlanta georgia um bellevue washington pleasanton california and lancaster pennsylvania so it's quite a circuit it definitely you know the north i think it hits every quadrant of the u.s which is like you know southwest you know it's kind of crazy to think north, about north north northeast the mountains like it pops up that much. And the mm-hmm. Denver one we were at, which we kept hearing was the biggest one or like the biggest version of it was like full of anglers to think that, wow, yeah, there's enough demand angler wise to have all those shows. It's kind of wild. It's pretty cool. And like, I mean, the the cool thing too is like, yeah, sure. You can walk around and go to booths and buy stuff, which obviously I did. Yes. Um, but, uh, but there's also, we didn't do this because, you know, we were kind of busy doing our own thing but there are a ton of seminars to go to from fly tying to fly casting yeah. to you know just and uh, clinics and clinics flight uh you know you, there are authors booths where you can meet authors there's a there was a great um bookstore as well really which, good which was really cool i mean we ended up buying tim camisa's book um and i bought also john gearax bamboo book oh and it perfect. Was signed. that's right that's right i didn't yeah. get to meet him but he was signing books the day before so like yeah, like the book thing. I mean, like it's just kind of fly fishing, you know, paradise. Like there's in terms of like buying things and finding things like, yeah, you can really nerd out, you know, Definitely. which is a big part of it. So, and I think Denver, the way they curated Denver anyway, was, you know, certainly very trouty because you're in trout country. But, yeah. um, you know, I'm assuming if you go, uh, I'm assuming the New Jersey one, I'm even looking on their website, they've got like pictures of stripers and stuff. So right. it's like, I wonder if you'll find, you know, more, a bigger breadth of, um, 
of different types yeah. of uh, of fishing because it was definitely Probably. trout heavy. But th- I mean, you'll get local guides and outfitters and stuff that service that kind of stuff, right? Exactly. Yeah. I, I bought a ton of saltwater flies, so I mean, and pike flies. So that's not to say that's not there either. But um, but it's cool. It was cool. I was, and we'd never been. I'd never been in Denver before. Me neither. I the convention center that it was in was crazy huge it was like its own ecosystem and had a water park in it (laughs) (laughs) yeah i was that place was crazy i mean yeah i mean colorado i'd never been to before in general and um you know it was it was really interesting getting to see you know what denver felt like to me it felt like canada or ottawa or like you know the west of here at west end of toronto and then in the distance there's the rocky mountains I mean, it felt like Calgary. It looked like Calgary, but then it's like a pretty much a Rockies. photocopy of Calgary yeah. for me. Yeah. It's, Although, something was nice. quiet. That's what was weird. I've been telling everyone about this. Like, me too. Remember, dude, we were sitting at Ruth's Chris's Steakhouse one night. <laughs> <laughs> we were like downtown <laughs> and we we're at the intersection of like busy streets. And there was, honestly, I feel like the whole time we saw. The whole time in Denver, downtown, I feel like we saw 15 people over the course of two days. That's what it felt yeah, like. Yeah, I mean, that's what it felt like to me, too. Um, the busiest place was the fly fishing show. <laughs> the fly fishing show was the busiest. Downtown Denver, there was, like, a car on the road, and then we saw, like, 15 people. It was so weird. Why was it so quiet? If you know, and you're listening, you're like, no, every, at this time of year, everyone in Denver goes to skiing in the mountains on Mondays. You know, we missed the memo. Let us know. Because it was so bizarre. I was like, it felt like Ottawa on a Sunday night. Very quiet. No one around. But it's a city. There's like buildings and shit going on. Stores are open, but empty. It was so weird. <laughs> kind of sick, though, to be honest with you. Yeah, I mean, it was great. We we, we did some shopping. We got tattoos. I scooted around. Scooted meep, around. Meep. The scooters are super cool. I always love it when a town has scooters. Had some good food. Got Shake Shack. Ate it in the hotel. Yeah, um, we, ate, we ate really well. Yeah. yeah. And uh but uh yeah, uh I guess to set up this this whole thing, um mm-hmm. you know, we took our camera and we took our um took our audio recording equipment and uh we just did the quick little interviews on the fly, which was kind of fun. So if you're watching on YouTube, and I suggest you should, mm-hmm. um it's a bit of an extended version of just the audio only because yeah. we're going to have little snippets of Mitch walking around and shopping and me freaking out about flies and um, yeah, so you actually get to see the fly fishing yeah. convention, but if you're just listening to the audio, you're going to hear the, uh, I guess the, the most audio appropriate interviews. Um, so yeah. yeah, that's, that's what the show is. It's, it's a, it's sort of a, you know, a clip show, if you will, of the Denver fly fishing convention and, and interviewing some notable people there. And, um, and yeah, so we talked to, uh, we talked to some not-for-profits, including Casper Recovery and Project Healing Waters. We talked to some wicked tires who are actually going to give some, tying tips and stuff like that um and uh and of course some some different brands and things like that so it's gonna be a informa- information packed episode yeah um, but i think it's cool like there's it's cool meeting um you know obviously it was always fun running into guests and yeah um old past guests like uh you know erica nelson from <laughs> the awkward angler um we hung out with her a lot yep. and that was fun and was obviously awesome. we ran into, we were hanging out at the reddington booth um with Kayla Lockhart and Ethan and uh, and the Fly Lords fellas and the Fly Lords fellas, which were yeah, I'd never met them. They kind of appeared and they were the coolest people. They were so nice. So first of all, Will's is amazing, nicest guy. I know you met him. 
before. Yeah, I met him in Utah. Will's uh, is their branded partnerships person. Um, WMD Fly on Instagram. Yeah. But he used to guide in tomogamy. (laughs) Crazy. I was like, that's so wild, dude, that he's got an Ontario Connect. Like his whole life. Like he's done like some of those wild paddle trips that we've heard about from Tomogamy up to like. Yeah, he was like, do you guys ever fish the Lady Evelyn River? I was like, okay. (laughs) That's so crazy. Just bizarre world. (laughs) Really cool. Super cool. But then um, Jackson and um, Nelson. Yeah. Super nice guys. Yeah. I love those guys. They were the Nelson, best. Nelson was all about musky fishing on the, cause he went to St. Lawrence. Went to, yeah, exactly. Um, so wow. how weird is that? Yeah. <laughs> musky fishing up, up near these parts. But like you said, like getting to hang out with Erica all weekend, I'd never met her either. And we've of course had her on the show and she's awesome. Awkward angler. Jared, fun. From, Jared from Flywood Lords is there. We'd never been yeah. in person. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Seeing and he was people like, he was on episode you know. like 24. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Seeing Which people cool. for the first time, you know, yeah, it was um, fun. And then, uh, you know, I did definitely want to shout out um, our good pal Hannah Trotter. Yeah, from Hannah. Close to sunglasses. We um, and Matt yes. Schilling from Indie Fly because we uh, yeah, we all Matt. stayed in Airbnb together, and that was super fun. That was and, awesome. Uh, Thank you, Hannah, for letting us crash there. That's really nice. And for you. ordering Voodoo Donuts. Holy <sighs> shit, those were good. <laughs> those were really good. Those were really good. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Matt was awesome too, man. Like just chatting with Matt that one morning. I was I was bummed he couldn't stick around longer because it was a uh, it was fun just chatting, but uh, yeah, we got that hot tub. Had a yeah, good that place was so hot nice. Tub. I think I might have left my blue Costa toque there. Oh no, that was sorry. So nice. Toque, remember Hannah was like, "What? What's a toque?" Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. I love that. <laughs> um, okay, well, yes, it was an awesome trip. Here, here it is. We're gonna just kind of go through it. So, what are we gonna start with? I think let's kick it off. Uh, you know, uh, maybe let's kick it off with um, some gear chat. So you'll hear from um, our pals at Reddington. Uh, Brandon, the new rod designer, is going to talk about, um, um, you know, he's fresh to the team as as of a few months ago. So you hear about his plans for um, redeveloping and redesigning some of the current lineup and then, and then maybe swapping some new things. As you can Sick. imagine, a new designer would when they any type of designer goes anywhere. Yeah. I'm sure you want to make your own stuff. Totally. So, um there's that, and then you'll hear from uh, Riversmith, which is, <clears throat> you know, they make the rod racks, but they also make some really cool storage solutions for your boat. Very cool um, company. So we'll talk to them about that. Yeah. Uh, our best new pals, Yakota. <laughs> Dude, Lincoln at Yakota. We just kept annoying him. I was like, Lincoln! Remember, we were so stoked about their brand stuff, their design yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Lincoln was like, who are these guys? They're like, like jacked Lincoln. up. Had like four <laughs> coffees. We're just like... St- Totally, like overloaded with like fish and stuff. We're just like, oh my god! <laughs> He's shoving like, a camera shit. in his face. We're like, Lincoln. Yeah. <laughs> that's hilarious. So yeah, Dakota. Okay. So I think that's that'll that be like three. the first little segment. Okay. Well, pass it over to you, past Aldo and Mitchie. Take it away, boys. All right. It's day two uh, here uh, at the uh, fly fishing show in Denver. Uh, what do you think uh, is going to happen today, there, Ethan? Well, I think some rods are good cast. Yeah. Uh, real spun. Uh, we'll buy a ton of good shit on sale and uh, probably get a few drinks after. So oh, it'll be yeah. a good time. It's going to be a good one. Ethan, what are you guys doing here? Uh, you know, we're just showing off some of our products, uh, talking to customers, um, getting a feel for the space. What can people do at the Reddington or Firebank section of the show? Uh, they can take any of the rods for a cast. Um, they can ask us any questions they want yep. um, and give us a hard time. So you can actually just pick up a rod, go to the pond, and just take it for a rip. Yeah, absolutely. Who are you? What do you do? 
Uh, I'm Brandon. I'm the new rod developer at Reddington. Nice. Okay. What does that mean? What's a rod developer do? Seeing what we can change, yeah. what we should keep, where we should take the direction for the brand. How do you decide what to get rid of? What isn't selling for oh, the okay, most that part makes, makes it easy. Yeah. 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 And then, okay, so let's say you get rid of a rod and you're going to introduce a new rod. What goes into the initial development of a rod design? Quite a bit, yeah. right? So I'll, I'll start by talking to a lot of our partners. Yeah. So different shops around the country, our reps, um, a lot of our uh, influencers yeah. and athletes. Yeah, yeah. And, and community and stuff. Community, yeah. yeah. Interviewing customers and stuff. Like shows like this are really good for talking to people. Because you just learn about what people like in terms of like action and like oh, totally. length and stuff like that. And what they're into, the price points they're trying to okay. go after. So in designing a rod, like do you literally sit down and like sketch out a schematic? Yeah. That's, that's crazy. Yeah. You start out, you just draw what you think you want it to look like. You can take yeah. inspiration from whatever you want in life. And like that's right down to the tapers and everything? Yeah. Like, whole thing. Dang, okay. Yeah. That's pretty cool. And so do you help with the... Um, Aesthetic design as well? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. And we have a really cool team at Reddington. Yeah. We have an awesome creative team. And so I work really closely with them to help figure out the aesthetic that we want. Um, and when you work really closely, you yeah. can go hand in hand with the way that the rod's developed and how you want to market it. Right. Different yeah. consumers. Clay's part of that team, right? Yep. Clay, shout out Clay. Shout out Clay. Uh, that's cool. Okay, so what are you excited about most like for this year, I guess? This year, we have a couple really cool projects coming up. We have a new reel uh, that our other designer, Joe, is working on. Okay, that's cool. Super cool. Under wraps still? Like, we don't know the name or anything? I think officially under wraps okay. right now. Okay. Yeah, okay. but it's going to be pretty cool. When can people expect to see that new development? Probably the fall. Oh, the fall. Yeah. Right. Okay, sick. Okay, cool. Um, okay, last question. If you were a fly, what would you be? What fly represents you best in life? It's a good question. Maybe it's kind of lame, but like a foam ant. Okay, I like that. I, yeah. I grew up fishing. That's a first. That's a first. Yeah, I, I grew up that. fishing the Sierra high alpine lakes, yeah. and the little brookies up there love terrestrial patterns. Yeah, and that's all I would throw, and they loved it. I love it, man. Thank you so much. Yeah, great to meet you. Great to chat. Stay tuned for more from Reddington. Hey guys, I am Jason with Riversmith, um, director of design and product development here. So, anything and everything that you see that comes out of Riversmith has gone through. Uh, my world, fully. Oh, super cool. Yeah. Okay, so you guys have these um, rod holders for, for rafts. Yep. How did you start? Did you start with just the roof racks? So we started with the roof racks, yeah. yeah so that started about five years ago in, in terms of ideation. Yeah. Um, been on the market for just, just over four years. Okay. And at the time, it was, you know, there's, if you know the history, there was other products out there, but yeah. there, was, there was some stuff happening, and there seemed to be a hole yeah. in the market there for us. And not only was there this hole in the market, there was also a hole in the design of it. So okay. we spent some time trying to solve those problems that we recognized existed in the products that were already there. And we did very well. Yeah. It was good timing, good product. And we, uh, we got our name on the map in the Rocky region pretty quickly. However, um, we couldn't just be a one product company. Yeah. So we needed to figure out what to do. And so, you know, right now we're known as a rack company. We okay. carry rods, protect your rods, protect your time and your gear. And so how could we take that into somewhere else? And that's where we decided to Come release the SwiftCast. Okay. Dude, these are sick for our raft. They are. They're called SwiftCast? They're called SwiftCast rod holders. Oh, yeah, okay. They're, They're designed for here. the raft. Yeah. Specifically for rafts. Yep. As a matter of fact, when I first started working on this, I was trying to figure out a one-size-fits-all for rafts and drift boats. Yeah. And as soon as I was able to solve a problem for a drift boat, it's like caused a problem for the raft. Right. And it's like, all right, let's just do one thing well. Really well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. 
Well, it's a really cool design. So obviously you said like you just have, so it's one rack so that you could kind of mount it wherever you want on the boat, right? Exactly, yeah. So our first initial designs when we were prototyping this, we had multiple rods in one and realized pretty early on that if we did it as a single rod holder, it would make it versatile for any raft or frame that's out there. Yeah. And so that's where the modularity comes in. So all of these things you know, packed down into a box this size. Yeah, that's crazy. And it also we have various, so these tubes are you know, that long. Yeah. We have straight tubes um, that are two feet long. We have short tubes. So if you have a shorter or longer boat, you can make this thing fit to your system. Very rad. Yeah. Uh, are you guys going to do it for hard drift boats as well, or like canoes, We're or gonna, like Yeah, exactly. Or... As a matter of fact, um, we uh, we met with a team out of Canada this morning yeah. who they... Canada. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, right. yeah. So I was, they, I was uh, trying to think of the... They uh, run a lot of guided camp. trips out <laughs> yeah. of canoes. Okay, yeah. And uh, we were talking with their product guy, and we have a design for a, a mount that'll be able to mount these onto canoes. That's cool. That's yeah. sick. So I think this, you know, we're just getting started with the application of this. That's sick. You That's know, it's designed, designed for rafts, but I think stand-up paddle boards, you know, this Bro. thing can just strap right onto the side of it. Um, kayaks. Kayaks, exactly. Yeah, I know some kayaks have, like, the built-in stuff, but, like, I have a, like, a sit-on-top Recon 120 kayak that doesn't yeah. have any of that, and this would be sick on it. So I have this vision yeah. of about 10 of these on the like holes of the float plane. Oh, dude. And so you're getting ready to hop <laughs> on the plane, and you can throw your, your rigged rods mm -hmm. in there mm -hmm. so you don't have to pack everything in. Land, get out, fish right away. Exactly. Mama. Wow, that's pretty, that's pretty okay. rad. Yeah. Okay, so for now it's the, it's the, the rod uh, tubes for the rafts and then top of the trucks. Yep, uh, that's what we rafts. have. And we have a few other things. You know, we have the various ra uh, racks for the top of the vehicle. Yep. We last year launched an in-bed solution oh, yeah. so it's in the back of the pickup oh dude so it's totally just like you just got a pickup yeah so it's the most discreet way to show up at the river yeah that's you know, i cool. think some folks think i don't want that on the roof of my car it's going to yeah. say hey i'm fishing here yeah exactly come here yeah. but get the same benefit of carrying a rigged rod but in the yeah. back of the car yeah something nice about that yeah that's what we are doing right now and you know it's like we are kind of known as this rack company uh, but we think the brand is really strong. You know, Riversmith, I think it's opening up uh, other categories for us. Yeah. And so what you're going to be seeing this year, and please stay tuned, we are staying in the travel category, but it's no longer racky or hard goody. Okay. So um, we do have a series of products that we're going to be releasing over the course of 2024. So if you can, please reach out to us directly at info at riversmith.com. Follow us on Instagram and social because um, we, we have some really exciting things coming down the pipe. What's your Instagram handle? So Instagram is riversmithusa, at riversmithusa. Boom. Hey, I'm Eric from Trout Routes, and we're here at the Denver Fly Fishing Show. <laughs> uh, what's Trout Routes? Trout Routes is a mobile mapping app that specializes in mapping trout streams across the country and then overlaying that with data about public access, uh, public versus private land. We pull in every USGS stream gauge, really any resource you'd be looking for to find more information about trout water, whether that's in your backyard or if you're trying to plan something out uh, in a new state or a new area. You've said that a lot, haven't you? I have said it <laughs> many times today, and I expect to say it you got it nailed way down. more by the end of the weekend. Yeah. But that's okay, that's why yeah. we're out here and it's fun. So you guys go to like all the kind of like trade shows we During do, yeah. We, we made the big fly fishing show circuit last year and made the, the call or, uh, this or last summer yeah. to do it again. So we're back at all the fly fishing shows. And then we're actually going to round that out by doing a bunch of regional shows up in the upper Midwest yeah. uh, and then a couple of other shows around the country. Cool. Yeah. Our founder, Zach, got the idea um, 
while trying to find places to fish in the upper Midwest driftless region. So okay. Minnesota, Wisconsin, Iowa yeah. are kind of the heart of that driftless region. And he wanted to find a way to incorporate resources that were available, but very disparate. So his original goal was to pull those resources together into a single platform that would allow people to interact with the data yeah. in a little bit more meaningful way. Yeah. And he brought that to the um, Great Waters Fly Fishing Expo in St. Paul had great reception and people said, this is awesome for Minnesota, I want the same thing for Colorado, I want the same thing for Montana, or name a state yeah. in the lower 48. Yeah. Uh, and so it kind of took off from there. We uh, started really going hard last summer, finishing maps for the rest of the country, and uh, sorry, two summers ago, and then at the, in January 2023 is when we had final maps for the rest of the lower 48. Yeah. Took the show on the road, we're here in Denver last year, we're back again, and it kind of took off from there. So how do you guys like aggregate the data? I'm just curious, like, how do you guys get the routes? Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, we pull in a couple of hundred data sources and it's it's finding all of those different publicly accessible resources that you might find through Trout Unlimited or Parks and Wildlife, state uh, DNR uh, resources, things like that. Okay. Uh, and so it really does come from all over the place. A lot of public access um, information. A lot of public access information, a lot of other like national data sets that we can then take smaller, more regional-based sources and overlay that. So now you have, for an example, you might take um, you might take public versus private land designations across the country, yeah. and then by overlaying that with the streamline and then an elevation chart of that, of that river, yeah. you can identify places that are going to be good fishing opportunities that are for sure going to be on public water. Right. So that was kind of... And idea. can people do stuff like with the app in terms of, like, can they mark their own spots? And kind 100%, of yeah. You can create your own markers. You can uh, drop pins. You can take notes and yeah. upload photos. All of it stays private to your account, though, so it's nothing that gets shared cool. outside of your account. That's cool. um, and it's nothing that we see on our end either. It's all curated within your own profile. And the same is true of the other data that we bring in. It's everything's sourced and curated by our uh, development team. We don't crowdsource information, yeah. uh, and it's not something we're interested in. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's kind of that delicate conversation about spot burning, um, and, spot burning and making sure that we're not overexposing areas. And in fact, one of the cool ways that a lot of folks end up use, utilizing trout routes yeah. uh, is by hiding all those gold medal or blue ribbon opportunities and focusing on class two, class three streams that are going to be harder to access. So they're going to be those blue line opportunities. People spread really out, good. right? Instead of all going to one spot, now you've just opened it up. Exactly, so yeah. It's, like, finding, it's almost a solution to overcrowding. Absolutely. Finding ways to get on water that you know is going to be a little bit less populated. Yeah. Um, and, you know, there's we, we found over 50,000 trout streams across the country, so it's a wow. you know, many lifetimes worth of fishing opportunities. Yeah. And so if we can get those in front of more people, they can find more places to get on water and, and have That's fun. cool. Uh, anything else you want to say that maybe we missed? Totally, yeah. This is a new tool that we just incorporated into iOS. Um, you can click on any two points on any body of water and okay. it'll show you uh, on the river line exactly what that distance is. And it's super That's helpful for, for marking uh, or mapping between um, put-in points or maybe you know you only want to float a certain distance. You yeah. can map that out ahead of time so you know. Uh, That's super cool. That's a really fun feature. And then we're actually rolling out a brand new iOS update um, that's going to really pull in a lot more data into the stream cart. So you're going to see more information when you click on uh, trout streams within the app. Yeah. And that's coming out in a couple weeks, and we're really excited to get that in front of people. Hey, guys. Lincoln Key here. We're at the Denver Fly Fishing Show. I'm the marketing director here at Yakota. Boom. Um, OK. What do you guys make? Uh, so primarily, we started out as a gear company. Um, so all the gear you see on our wall here is made locally here in Colorado. You guys are from Colorado? Yep. Oh, that's so cool. Okay, I yep. didn't know so that. So we're right up uh, right up the road from here, right outside of Boulder in Louisville, Colorado. Outside of Boulder, okay, cool. Yep. 
So how did you, you said you started with kind of like this type of stuff? Yeah, so this is actually our, the first product we ever made. No way. And it's been through about four iterations now, but okay. this is our gear transport bag. Okay, sick. Um, so we started out, we just wanted a bag that could carry all of our stuff better yeah. and wasn't over-engineered. So we just kind of went with this open style, keep it nice and airy, yeah. all your stuff dries out good. Um, and again, made here in Colorado. So this was our flagship product we started with about five years ago. Okay. Yep. Okay, and then from there you expanded into this type of stuff. Yep. yep. Real exactly. cases, uh, yep. you know, streamer wallets. But now you got like packs and stuff too over yeah. here, right? Yeah. Like, let's go take a look at those. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. honestly, I love the code of branding. Is fucking rad. Yeah. Like the uh, logo. He works in advertising branding. All yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. I mean, who doesn't like a good brand? Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. I know. I just been saying. Like, yeah. Something you do every day. Of course. Yeah. And we wanted to make stuff that you know, if you go out there in the fly fishing industry, yeah. a lot of the stuff is just the same beige and black yes. and. We just wanted to make stuff out of different materials, yeah. different colors, yeah. um, but that was still functional, but keeping it really, really simple. Yeah, yeah, the black camo, you know, yeah. like, yeah, it's really nice. Yeah, one. so this is one of our, our best-selling products. Um, we came out with it about a year ago. It's the yeah. convertible utility pack. Um, so this is our, really our first, like, foray into a technical pack. So yeah. um, it's meant to be worn a few different ways. Uh, yeah. Most people wear it sort of as a sling, and there's a belt here and it pivots around the belt. Yep. So you can just kind of slide it out of the way when you don't need it, slide it around when you do. That's dope. I like to wear it as a chest pack. Oh, you can do you that You can too. wear it as a sling. Get so. the hell out of here. Yeah, and it's meant to fit all of our products inside. So yep. if you take a peek in here. Oh yeah, okay. So our streamer wallet fits perfectly yeah. in there. The slim tin, so nice lightweight fly carrier yeah. or leader wallet. So super kind of all it's meant to fit our gear in there, but you can fit anything in it. Also fits four beers in. So <laughs> Mama pajama. What's like the retail price on something like that? Yeah, so these run for one seventy nine. <laughs> okay. Um, and here at the show we're doing them for one twenty. So special if you're here in Denver, <laughs> you get a nice discount on them. I well, that's got Yelma written all over. It. <laughs> But and I this is the color I rock. I'm, I'm a fan dope. of the purple. It's very cool, man. <laughs> it's very cool. Okay, if you were a fly, what would you be? If you were a fly pattern, what fly pattern best represents you? Um, I would say a rainbow warrior. Yes. Nice, why? Um, I don't know. They're just flashy. Uh, a little different than all the other flies. I love it, brother. That's perfect. That's amazing. <laughs> cool. Thank you. Sweet. Wow, that was great hearing about all of that. Yeah, I mean, how nice of, uh, is it that, you know, they just took some time out because, you know, it was busy. Like, we on the Saturday yeah. when we did all these, like, it was busy. People were asking people questions, you know? Yes. So, for us to be, like, shoving cameras in people's face and being like, hey. Very nice. Very nice. Probably next up, I think we, uh, you know, obviously, we're all about community. Um, and it's yep. cool seeing what other uh, community in, uh, engagement groups are doing. Um Outside of Canada and sometimes the U.S., um, yeah. so we chatted with uh, Casting for Recovery, which is um, uh, an organization that uh, helps um, people who have either recovered from or are currently experiencing uh, their cancer journey, specifically breast cancer. Um, but I'm sure they also deal with other types of cancers, but predominantly breast cancer. Yeah. Um, and basically, they get um, breast cancer survivors and uh, breast cancer. Um, like people that currently currently going through, yeah, yeah, but uh, but um, they connect them they with inter- the water, yeah, uh, and the fly community, you know. There used to be a group that did that in Ottawa while I was at Green Drake. And, oh yeah, 
it was really cool. I don't think it was casting for recovery, but it was there, the Ottawa women fly fishers would would do this once a year. That's, that's I cool. remember. Um, yeah, casting for recovery. I've heard about forever. You know, it's one of those mm-hmm. like not for profits in the U.S. That one and 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 Healing Waters. You know, like it was. Yes. you've heard about these forever. Project Healing Waters, which um, gets um, uh, veterans like same thing onto the water, and uh, maybe they've. You can imagine veterans deal with a whole bunch of, um, let's say, lasting effects of PTSD, but not even that, but just like a way of finding community. And maybe sometimes they've, you know, obviously um, endured some physical hardship or mental hardship. And we all know the river is a nice place to relax and, uh, you know, uh, find some community and stuff. And so we, we heard from them as well. All right. Here it is. I'm Summer. And this is? I'm Kay. Yeah. And we're part of the Casting for Recovery. And it is a retreat that is also on donations and stuff and collection to help provide retreats for women that have unfortunately have gone through breast cancer like myself. Um, It doesn't matter what stage you were diagnosed, whether it was stage one or stage four when it got to the bones. And it doesn't matter how long ago you've had it, whether it be five years, 10 years, even 20 years, um, or just even last year like myself. If you apply and it's a raffle or lottery and you get selected, you get to spend a weekend with this uh, retreat and for up at Norfolk Ranch. North Fork Ranch. North Fork Ranch. Yep. And they take care of us. They give us food. They give us warmth and beautiful blankets and gifts galore. And then we learn so much about fly fishing, about the gear, about the knots, about the equipment, about the different hatches. Yeah, I'm still learning. I'm still learning. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. That's awesome. And then we finally get a chance to go in the water and fish. And like myself, I've never fished before. I've never fly fished. And each woman, I think it's about 10 to 20 women, depending on the retreat, each woman gets a guide of their own. And you get to fly you get to fly fish in the water for about eight hours, sometimes ten hours ten hours a day. And it's just wonderful. And it's just a good way to have a community and to meet with other women that have that have gone through breast cancer Uh, So I am Elise Downs. I am a participant coordinator uh, with Casting for Recovery. I was a participant in 2021. I was diagnosed with breast cancer when I was 32 and heard about Casting for Recovery through my oncologist and was able to apply and go to a retreat and it changed my life and um, they haven't gotten rid of me since. Uh, So I started actually, just like Summer here, um, volunteering at Boots um, at this show, and then um, was fortunate enough to be able to become a a retreat uh, volunteer. So that's what I do as a participant coordinator. I get to meet great women um, that have also gotten into retreats, and I get to bond with them uh, on a very similar level because I have been through the exact same thing. Um, so yeah, totally free retreat, any stage, any age. Most women know somebody, most people know somebody that have been diagnosed. Um, one in eight women will be diagnosed in their lifetime. Uh, it's super important and it's such an awesome day um, to be able to fish on the river and catch fish, but it's so much more than that. It's that um, community and meeting people that know what's going on without having to explain anything. So it's a really beautiful thing. I love it very much. Um, yeah, casting for recovery is great. I love that. How can people get involved? 
Okay, so you can get involved uh, with Casting for Recovery right here today um, at the booth. Uh, so we are um, totally uh, subsist on donations, and that's why we're able to offer these retreats for free. Um, so you can get involved by making donations to make these retreats possible for women. Uh, you can also volunteer uh, your time. That would be if you tie flies. Uh, we always have a contingent of uh, uh, fly tires. Um, that donate um, flies for our retreats. Um, and then we also have uh, people that guide for us on the day of the fish. Um, so volunteer guides um, is uh, really helpful as well. We have a guide wrangler um, and uh, we have a really great group uh, of people that volunteer with us um, to do that on the day. But the number one thing we need honestly is for people to know about us um, so that we can get as many donations as possible so that we can keep going. If you were a fly, what would you be? If you had to pick one fly that kind of represents you, what would it be? I would be, so if I had to pick a fly for myself or what kind of fly would I be, I would probably be a parachute Adams. Nice. That's one of my favorite flies. Yeah. I caught... <laughs> Why? Why parachute Adams? Uh, I caught... Yeah, I caught, yeah, so I'm a, I totally understand the benefits of uh, non-dry flies, um, but a parachute Adams is a fly that I had the most, the most luck with on my best fishing day ever, and it was the first time I caught a greenback cutthroat, and it was after a 12-mile hike. And it was a really, really tough day, and that beautiful parachute Adams on the water was just glorious and um, it was an awesome experience and it was hard fought so love it. awesome experiences that are hard fought are kind of my jam I love it <laughs> uh, so Project Healing Waters carries veterans on a healing pathway through the art of fly fishing and when did it start 2005 somewhere I'm not sure I love it uh, we had a, our, our North Star story is we had a um, gentleman Ed Nicholson that was uh, in the hospital there with other veterans that were um, really in injured, uh, although we don't like to use that terminology, and uh, they weren't getting better. And he took the opportunity to talk to the reps there and say, hey, can I, can I just get these guys outside and cast in? And so that's where we started. I don't know if you've seen the movie The Mending the Line, yep. uh, but very similar. It really, really is representative, and I know they don't mind because I know the producers. It really is representative of our story. So that story parallels the origin story for Project Healing Waters to a T. I love it, yeah. Yeah, we love it too. Yeah. What? It's a great avenue. I mean, fly fishing is just an avenue to build the community and bring them out yeah. and get them together, get, build another community that they're comfortable in. And, and everyone can interact, and uh, it's just—it's an amazing way to do it. It's a hell of a lot of fun too. So, we're—we're uh, we're collecting data. So, you know, one of the things that we want to do in 2024 and beyond is be able to prove that we do what we say we do. And so, we know some of the core activities. So, predominantly, fly tying, rod building, casting, and day outings. We have education interweaved in between all those as well. That's the core curriculum. Mm -hmm. But I think, as, as Dave said, it's really important. It's about community, camaraderie, yeah. building relationships. So when they come to the program, you know, the first thing a lot of them are doing is tying flies. And we know there's some data, there's some science there, there's some brain activity, shuts everything else down, they get focused, they get centered, they get present, 
they're involved in that activity and it mitigates some of the anxiety, some of the depression uh, associated with some of the, the uh, trauma that our veterans have experienced. And then you move from that to rod building, same categorical phenomenon, the casting in and of itself, rhythmic movements, some of the stuff that's going on at the brain level. But fundamentally, I think it's about camaraderie. It's about being part of a community. Uh, we have a good friend at Child Unlimited, and we're talking about this right now in a partnership that uh, we're gonna be doing a, an initiative called Healing Veterans, Healing Habitats. So they won't pick up a fly rod, yet they'll be given back to that very tributary that, that's given right. so much to them. And it's that shutting down all those outside noises, becoming part of a community, part of a community that understands what I've been through, what I'm facing, the challenges associated with my tribe, rejoining the tribe and society, but also rejoining my tribe that might be my family or my support group. So all those things are interwoven in that curriculum throughout the year. Nice. How many people have you guys helped? Like, do you have a number? Like, do you know? So right now, so we have a dashboard, which is a, a new development for 2024 we're real excited about. And right now, like today, we have 7,268 active participants. Wow. That's yeah, crazy. 7,268 wow. active veterans that are part of our programming. That's so amazing. very exciting. And yeah. the volunteer base almost matches that number. So we have uh, 5,000 very passionate volunteers as well that provide that curriculum. I love it, yeah, it's amazing. When we take these participants out and they've got all this stuff in their head and on their shoulders, while they're out there on the water, all that stuff just goes away. Yeah. And they're looking and they're watching and their mind has gone from where that bad spot to this good spot to where they just forget about everything. The weight's lifted off their shoulders. In the morning when we pick these guys up, sometimes when they're new, they're not talking to people, you know, they're just like very calm and, and they're just looking around. By the end of the day, they've switched and exchanged numbers with people, they've made friends, they've got a new community that they are now a part of where it just opens up. And I'll tell you what, this program has saved some people. It has definitely saved them. It's, it's a very positive deal for these guys. It's amazing. Yeah, I might say one more thing too, actually. Yeah. Uh, I had the opportunity to get to know Steve Ramirez. I don't know if you guys have heard of yeah. him. He wrote a couple books that are pretty popular. Um, and we were talking about just, and I think it's really important to emphasize, the healing waters aspect, just being out of doors. Again, I'm kind of a data nerd. I mentioned this earlier, but there's a lot of data out there about the psychological impact of being out of doors. Yeah. You add the healing water aspect, and you know, per Steve Ramirez, it just, it, it just takes it all away. It just yeah. washes away. And, and so Steve, that's a plug. Yeah, trout do not live in ugly places, I'll tell you. <laughs> really good point. <laughs> really good point. I love it. Um, how can people get involved like, to help Project Healing Waters? Uh, go to our website, you know, projecthealingwaters.org. Um, you know, the, the proverbial QR, hit the QR, visit us there. It'll tell you about your local chapters, talk about ways to give, ways to get involved. Um, this website design actually also new for 2024. We had a partnership with a group called Elva. Nice. Um, they've done some other very large organizations, you know, a, a beverage company that you might know of, an adult beverage company that you might know of, uh, the little GoPro camera company you nice. might know of, <laughs> and they did a, a rebrand for us, which as you can see, this, this is the new yeah, logo, awesome. the new website, Pro Bono. Nice. So you're talking about a six-figure gift, so we're deeply appreciative of them. So go to the website, you know, click here, so. Yeah, for sure. Okay, one more question for each of you guys. We'll go one by one. If you were a fly, what would you be? What fly best represents you? <laughs> Yellow Sally. <laughs> nice. 
I would say a leech, but no, I don't. A <laughs> <laughs> no, big old hopper. Nice, Love nice it. Hopper. Love it. I'd be a big old woolly booger. Sick, nice. Woolly booger, yeah. I love it. Can I change to damselfly now? Yeah. Yes, you can. Damselfly, we're locking it in though, that's it. Yellow Sally was good too. Yeah. Yellow Sally was one of my favorites. Yeah. It's very well. It's a good one. Awesome. My name is Darren Calhoun. I uh, born and raised on the Wind River Indian Reservation in Wyoming and run a business called Wind River Canyon Whitewater and Fly Fishing. We have a location in Thermopolis which floats the Wind River Canyon on the reservation. It's just south of Thermopolis. And we have another location in Dubois, which is on the western end of the reservation. Dubois is just off the reservation, but we float the upper wind on the reservation. Awesome. What kind of like trip can people like expect to have on Wind River? So we've really shifted our model. We used to do only day trips. We really focus now on trying to do more destinations, so people come and yeah. fish and stay. So we have fishing and lodging packages. We still do a few day trips here and there, but it's mostly fishing and lodging now. Okay, cool. And like, what kind of fish people catch in there? So it's all trout fishing. Awesome. Yeah. Nice big brown trout and that kind of thing. Brown trout, rainbow, cutthroat. There are also some hybrids, some rainbow cutthroat hybrids that we that we get. And on the upper wind, we we actually get a fair number of whitefish. And I tell people all the time, whitefish are an indication that you have a healthy stream because yeah. they can't survive unless the water's cold and right. clear. Nice indicator yeah. species. What do you like love about the region? Like, what does the area like mean to you? Well, that's my home. I was born and raised there. Yeah. Right. So I've spent all my life on the reservation. Other than times I've been away for like education or yeah. training or you know, yeah. residency, those kinds of things. So it's 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 just where I belong, you yeah. know? Yeah, just absolutely sure. like being there. That's awesome. And you fly fish yourself? I do. That's awesome. Learned yeah. how to fly fish at a young age. Um, just really caught the bug at that point, no pun intended, yeah. and, and have loved it ever since. And I've had years where I haven't gotten to fish much when I was, you know, in college and graduate school, yeah. but absolutely love it. I have two hobbies in life. Fly fishing and team roping. If I could do only those two things the rest of my life, I'd be all set. That's awesome, man. Uh, okay, one last question for you then. If you were a fly pattern, what would you be? Like, what fly best represents you? That is a really good question. <laughs> it's like the whole, uh, yeah. Um, it's a tough one. It's a tough one. It is. I would probably choose to be a Turk's tarantula. Awesome. Nice. Why? Well, yeah. It's, well, it's a big dry fly that you can also fish wet. I love it. That's and awesome. And it's, uh, it's one of my favorite flies because you put a lot of action when the fish come after it, they're usually, they're, they're going to eat it. Yeah. Yeah, it was really cool getting to hear from organizations that, like I said, we've kind of known about forever and meeting the people behind it you know nfps are awesome because it's it's always like um you know people put in their their free time because that's an important thing and uh and it's a lot of work and there's a lot of good stuff that comes out of it like just hearing about from from these people like some of the positive things that have happened to and the numbers and the amount of people they've helped and and where it's going you know it's, it's great it's like it's like, uh, what's that? It's like good, good news, you know, hope in the world. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, hope is nice, nice. <laughs> to see. Yeah. It's nice to see good things happening. And so much, so often in the news, it's, it's not, but you know, hearing about good things is good. Um, so yeah. yeah, that was awesome. Exactly. Um, yeah. And then I think just, a uh, you know, the next kind of like, if we're going to call these segments, I mean, we bugged Tim Camisa and oh, yeah, uh, our funny. new buddy Fritz <laughs> yeah, uh, and chatted with them about tying. Um, and we talked to Tim about um, his first and upcoming book. Yep. And then we chatted a lot with Fritz. We were walking by Fritz's booth because um, he was with the, um, he was at the, uh, what's that vice? Wait. What was the vice called? Norvice. Norvice, right. So he was yeah. at the Norvice booth, but uh, which are, you know, those vices are sick. Don't so get cool. me wrong. 
But what yeah. caught my eye was Francis flies, like these beautiful, yeah. beautiful pike flies. So um, again, if you're watching on YouTube, you'll be able to see them. Um, but if not, uh, we get into it. Uh, we get into tying pretty deep with with Fritz, and he shows us all of his patterns, and also kind of takes us through that sick Norvice equipment, eh? Very cool stuff. But he's kind of like uh, he was like a northeast kind of guy, right? So he's like fishes pike and muskie and bass and stuff like that. Yeah, he was a Michigan Wasn't guy he from Michigan. Yeah, so it's like uh, it was cool because you know we were very close in terms of fisheries. Um, and yeah, he was a heck of a tire. But yeah, he was showing us the Norvice stuff. Honestly, Norvice not a sponsor. Wicked vices, pretty cool. <laughs> you know, like obviously, like I don't know about you, but I remember seeing them. Like I feel like when they came out, you know, when they hit the market, like I don't know, twenty years ago or whatever the heck it was, it was like, whoa, look at that thing that's mounted in a desk and it's crazy rotary. Yeah. functions but also you know what i really liked was that bobbin the auto the bobbin was really yeah. cool because it was so easy you know compared to other like auto bobbins i've seen it was just a little spring that you know uh but also fritz made it look easy because that guy was one heck of a tire so he's also maybe like it, maybe it was that intimidatingly handsome he yeah he was a very good looking fellow you know he's a good looking so, dude you know yeah. very, very <laughs> much so see him you on know? youtube or listen just to the audio version but here is our tire Tires corner. So we were just walking, looking for Tim, and then we turn around, and he's right behind us, like walking right behind us. We turn around, we're like, the fuck, dude, what's up? <laughs> he's like, yo. <laughs> so now we're just kind of following him around, annoying him. Uh, he's going to the author's booth. I don't know what that is. What is the author's booth? I think they just sign books. Signing books? Yeah. That's kind of cool. Because he's he's famous. He's going to sign a couple of his books. We knew him before he was famous. Yeah, we knew him before he was cool. So, so that makes us cooler. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. All right, here we go. Here we go, Tim. We're going live. I'm gonna put this right here. Oh yeah. So we can kind of pick you up. How's it going? Always going well. Yeah? Yeah, how was the trip down from Canada? It was good, it was quick, it was easy. So what are you doing here at the Fly Fishing Show? Oh my gosh, the Fly Fishing Show at Denver, this is probably the largest fly show in the world now. Um, I think it used to be out in New Jersey. This one surpassed it. I am very, very lucky. They made me a featured presenter. So I have private classes that I teach, fly tying clinics. I have like a featured fly tying. I do fly fishing presentations um, just all over the place. Today Sweet. I'm at the author's booth publicizing my first book. I'm working yeah. on my second. Congratulations. Yeah, that's awesome. Thank man. you. Congrats. Thank you. It was due January 1st, so it's a little behind, but it, it, will, okay. it will be released eventually. That's amazing, dude. Wow. Okay, wicked. Well, we'd love to get this book signed by you today. We're going to give it away at an event. Um, so that's, I mean, that's awesome. This really worked out great. Thank you so much. It Thank is you, now Tim. autographed. That's amazing, just dude. You guys. Much appreciated. The best podcast music in the business. Oh, thank you so much, oh, good you sir. You guys are the best. Well, we'll see you around soon again. I'm sure like we'll be here all day. So yeah, appreciate it, Tim. All right. Thanks, man. Thanks, Later, man. dude. Have a good one. Bye. All right, so my name's Fritz. Um, I'm from New Jersey. Um, I'm a tire here for Norvice. Uh, I guide in New Jersey for trout and pike. Um, you know, trout's usually like my, my main go-to, but um, I love the toothy critters, nice, you know, yeah. so that's why I tie a lot of this stuff, like, you know what I mean? The bulkheads, the Bufords, the game changers, um, even the hollow flies, they're, you know, great little patterns to have. This is a little something that I chefed up. I haven't even really named it yet. I don't really know what to call it, yeah. but it's, uh, you know, just bucktail, hackle, you know, some chenille and Sick, laser man. dub head. Moves water like a mule. Yeah. Looks like a shad. It's perfect. Does the trick. Yeah. So what do you call these? You were saying these are the bulkhead flies? So this is called a this is a this is a T-bone. This T -bone. is a Blaine chocolate. Okay. You know, he created this pattern. Yeah. Um calls it a T-bone because a lot of you know musky they T-bone a fly. Right. So if you look at a lot of construction on, you know, musky and pike flies, there's okay. a hook in the back third, right? 
Um, and that's by design because unlike a striper, you know, striper yeah. either from the head or from yeah. the tail, they take the entire thing. Musky ambushes, right. T-bones it, right? So when he created this, called it a T-bone. Right? Cool. These, um, these are your bulkheads. Okay, you oh, know, that's your, a bulkhead. Your bulkheads are your Bufords, you know, whatever you want to call them. But yep. um, honestly, I think this is probably the best fishing fly out there is just a single Buford. Um, it's the perfect silhouette, you know, tying from any size. I mean, it's probably nine inches down to, you know, some of these smaller ones for the pike water that I fish, yeah. uh, down to about five or six inches. What's so it's, effective about that fly? So uh, pike, um, if we're gonna talk about pike, pike feed primarily with their lateral line, right? right? Um, most of the water that I fish is murky at best. That's an understatement, it's chocolate milk. Yeah. So vision kind of out of the picture for the most part, but they use their lateral line to track things down. Pike have uh, their eyes on the side of their head and they rotate differently. Yeah. So the only time that they link up is when it's in a very small strike zone in front of their head. Right. So when we talk about fly design, um, particularly with the Bufords or the Game Changers, you know what I mean, that have these big, thick, heavy heads on them, is designed to move water and initiate that lateral line. That right. lateral line picks up that vibration, turns in that predatory instinct, and then they track it down with their eyes in the front of their head and T-bone. Cool. So, um, but like as we design these, you know, we're looking to, to, to key into their instincts, and a lot of that's with that lateral line. Okay, cool. When do you use a sucker like this? Look at the size of that thing. So, um, if you, <laughs> so and it's funny though is like you, we talk about this and we look at it right. Um, this is about the size yeah. of a sucker. Right. Musky eat. Yeah. Sucker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So this one too again color pattern for sucker. The sucker on where I plan on fishing this is rather small. Could look like a trout, but when you get into Virginia, West Virginia, I mean, musky are eating. Yeah. This big. That's what they're looking for. Right. They're places where you have high suckers and high fall fish populations. This is what they're eating. So this is what I'm going to throw. I love you know? it. Yeah. Especially in the fall. Sick, man. They're looking to stock up for the winter. You know, their brains run on, you know, it's a, it's like a, it's a computer. Yeah. Calories in, calories out, right? They're going to try to expend the least amount of calories to intake the most amount of calories. So a sucker just moseying along the bottom or looking stupid across the top of the waters. Yeah, a good easy, bet. Easy meal for them. So they're going to fish that a lot around structure. If I have a grass bed, it's got some trees down in there, that's where I'm going to fish at because I want him to see that big meal. He's going to feel it, come up and rifle it. Sick, man. I love that. So um, I guide out of New Jersey. Um, I guide for a shop called South Branch Outfitters um, that's uh, located in Califon. Um, we do a lot of fishing on the, the South Branch of the Raritan River in the Kenlockwoods Gorge, which is, you know, a very renowned fishery in the States are in the New Jersey. Um, and I also guide pike on the Passaic River, um, which is one of our premier pike fisheries there. Um, I'm on Instagram, Facebook, everywhere under the sun. Um, so this is one of my cards. I run my own online fly shop called Lateral Lines Fly Fishing. Um, I source all my own bucktail, all my own hackle, all my own hen. Um, you know, so I sell it small batch on there. You know, just, I try to find small companies and you know get it at a fair price and sell it to other tires at a fair price um because i hate trying to find a good you know saddle hackle and i find one in the 75 80 dollars you know i don't have any hackle on my site and it's top tier yeah um, awesome. super nice man okay one last question yeah if you were a fly what would you be what fly pattern best represents you 
That's a good one. Yeah, take your time. Um, I don't know. I feel like I'm pretty assertive, pretty aggressive. Uh, so something that's got a lot of attitude. Um, I don't know, probably some sort of, you know, some sort of articulated streamer. Yeah. Uh, you know, Sex Dungeon or T-Bone or, you know, Double Buford. You yeah. Know. yeah. I feel like I'm a pretty assertive individual. Sick. Yeah, man, you seem pretty confident. Yeah, oh, yeah. So the T-Bone, yeah. maybe, we'll say. Yeah. I Call me it. a T-Bone, brother. Sick, dude. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Yeah, very cool. Tim, that was hilarious when we bumped into Tim. I mean, uh, just walking around and got to find Tim, and he's right behind us. <laughs> we, like, summoned him. Yeah, that was so strange. You're like, yeah, let's go find Tim Camisa. I, I, like, turn around. I was like, oh, he's literally... And he didn't realize he was behind us either. Again, yeah. he, he came... It was, what, episode 36? Like, it was a long time ago where yeah. we hung out with him, you know? But, uh, yeah, talking to him a couple times because we did this best fishing story ever once, too. And uh, so it was cool to meet him in person. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I think overall, like, super success. I don't know if I'd... I mean, we probably would go back as a function of one of our sponsors, but if you were just looking for something to do, yeah, you know, whether you're from Toronto or uh, I would definitely spend a day hanging out at one of these shows, especially if you're in the area, like it's super if fun. If you're in the area, go for sure. If you, if you want to travel to one, I'd say it's worth every like, going to one. Why not? You know, like it's, it is fun, you know, to go to a convention of just fly fishing was cool, you know, like. Yeah. The whole room is just fly stuff and and you can find a lot of cool things and and meet a lot of cool people, you know. Yeah, I was probably I was going to say I'm, I mean I was looking at glancing at some of the dates. I was like, uh, hey, you could work in some fishing and it's like I don't I think the last one's in March. So I don't know if right. uh, I don't know if everybody's season's really kicked off. Um, yeah. That's I mean, you could you, we could have fished in Denver, but yeah. we didn't. Well, I think too like just, you know, um I know sometimes maybe it's hard to meet new people if you're kind of a quiet person, but like myself, but I feel like when you walk around and just start talking to people, like everybody was super nice too. That was the thing, like fly fishing, you know, obviously has this, this era or this aura of like, uh, maybe sometimes people are kind of like grumpy and quiet and stuff, but like everybody we met at the show was like really, really friendly and nice and, and, and not even just brand people. Like I'm talking like tires and, you know, just guides and people hanging out too. Like everybody was Everybody was willing to chat. It's that kind of environment, right? Everybody's there. So that means that they're there to do something, right? Hang out, talk fly fishing. So yeah, go and meet people and who knows what'll happen. Maybe you'll find a new fishing buddy or go to some place in the world you've never been, you know? Yeah. Or maybe you buy a boat you don't need. <laughs> Probably. That one that was like 2,500 marked down from like 4,500. It's like, dude, that's some good, that's some good, uh, little dude. show marketing right there, fellas. Cause it, I don't know if that's true or not, but you're making me think it is, and I need this boat. <laughs> it's a pretty cool boat. I wanted so there's so many boat accessories I wanted. Yeah, I know. Like the the seat for the top of the cooler. Yeah, yeah. What was your favorite like part of the the trip, or I guess like what's what was your big takeaway from it? Um. Wow. I mean, I can tell you what mine is while you think. Yeah, please do. Mine, mine definitely was just the the whole like uh, going going to a convention of 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 all fly is really really cool and different and fun and unique. Um, and I would I would go back just because of that, you know, like um, seeing 
seeing just a room full of fly anglers is just kind of a weird thing. You sometimes think maybe it's kind of a niche thing, which I guess it is more niche than like gear angling, for example, but like seeing everyone in one room, I don't know. There's something very, the community of it, even if you don't know everybody or you come from different kind of worlds of fly fishing, it's just fun to, to be around hundreds, I don't know, thousands. Was there thousands of people there all in the I'd fly say world? I would say thousands. Yeah. Felt like that, you know? So yeah, I mean, I don't know if I'll ever really go to another fly fishing convention just because we don't have them in Toronto, but um, that was cool being at being at a, a, a just in a room full full of fly people. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I always love the like kind of after hours y type <clears throat> things are always fun. Like you know when Erica had us, yeah, invited us for for dinner with like that uh, fun group of people. Um, that was awesome. That was awesome. My big takeaway is uh, don't really have one other than like yeah, just like it's to your to your point. Like I just like the more or your favorite part. Like, did you have a favorite? I think like the more they like yeah, I think just like the more community events. I think the better. I think we've seen such a such a thirst for that here in our you know in our market, um, you know, in our little community, and uh, and it's obvious people still want to get together. I mean, as much as people watch YouTube. and uh listen to podcasts and well i guess like i I always crack this joke but like we spend so much time trying to avoid each other on the rivers that you know when we get into a place uh where we can all chat it's fun you know because yeah yeah yeah, yeah, you do you do meet fishing buddies yeah exactly yeah you know yeah no it is it was cool so anyways you know if you ever were interested in it we hope this was of value um and uh, if you weren't, the next show won't be about a convention, so don't worry about it. Just tune in for the next one. <laughs> It'll be about something else. <laughs> uh, but uh, but yeah, um, uh, but yeah, I guess that's uh, that's rocking and rolling. Um, I guess now we do the outro, don't we? Yeah, we're done. We're done, buddy. This is it. Because I was just thinking about like our new format. So we've got the intro, main segment, and then we do a little outro. But I mean, hey, this is we're just gonna roll right into it because the main segment is just us. Um, so yeah, you know, again, yeah. Thank you to, uh, to, you know, our sponsors and, and Hannah and Hannah from Costa for, for letting us crash and, and Ethan for hanging out with us at the Reddington booth. And of course, everybody we met at the show. Um, and, uh, and yeah, I mean, I think one episode 160, the big thing is thank you to Yilma for, you know, yeah. for his, for his years of so flesh service. Uh, cause Yilma, uh, <laughs> we salute you. Yeah. It's going to be, you, uh, it's gonna be a new chapter yeah. for for SoFly, uh, yeah. but it'll be uh, it really won't be that different. It just no. won't. This won't be Yelma, but everything yeah. else pretty much remains the same. Yeah, and we've uh, yeah, we're just doing new things. Like we switched our recording platform because the last one was giving us weird syncing issues. So if you ever listen to the podcast, there was weird syncing issues. That was because of our last recording platform so we're trying to fix that now because we know that's super annoying we're doing a bunch of stuff to just try to make the show as best as it can be um but yeah as always you know hit us up with any of your fishing comments questions or stories um if you're watching on youtube please subscribe because that's the best thing you could do to help us on our on our channel uh on our youtube journey uh like comment and subscribe like comment subscribe hey tell a friend why don't you huh oh tell a friend tell a a fishy friend that Uh, anyways, that's it for the show. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, we love ya. That's it for me, Mitch. Aldo? Uh, that's just for me. Yeah, follow us at the SoFly Crew on Instagram and TikTok. 
that's right. That's all really I got. Um, you know. Yeah. I'm stoked. This year's going to be sweet. That was a nice little kickoff to the year, you know, the Denver Fly Fishing Show. That's right. Kicking off 2024. Here we go. 2024, time for some more. Whoa! Time <laughs> for some more? Wow. All right. See you later. Bye. You can find all of our content at SoFly.ca. Reach out via email by sending your questions or comments to info at SoFly.ca. Find us on Instagram at the SoFly Crew. Thanks for listening.